0: I get to bring the word, and it's been a long time that I've brought the word on a Sunday. So um, I'm excited, and the title of my message today is Indispensable. Because my message is all about what is indispensable. What does indispensable mean? Really nothing can compare. It's absolutely necessary. It's essential. It's crucial. It's imperative. It's important. It's critical. It's needful. It's required. It's key. It's integral. It's paramount to our lives. And that is the Word of God. The Word of God is, everybody say it with me, indispensable. You can't live without it. You might think you can, there's a lot of people who try, but it is required as believers. So if you're a believer this morning, it is crucial, it is imperative. It is absolutely necessary, it is critical, it is key, it is required, it is needful for you to get into the Word of God. We've exhorted about it, we've expressed it in our messages, the need for the Word, we've talked about it in our conversations, and our verbiage will not change. It is the Word that we have needed, that we need now, and that we will need, because it is indispensable. So today's message is going to be short and simple. I'm going to take the word, word, and I'm going to give you a letter, a word to go with each one of those letters. So the first one is W. That stands for the written word. Somebody say written word. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Who is the word? God. God. It was, it is, and it will always be. The word was written to confirm. It was written to teach. It was written to reference. It was written to correct. It was written to encourage, and it was written to stand on. And Romans 15, 4 says this, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. So it was written that we could learn, and we could be encouraged, and we could have hope. The word was written to create hunger for God and his righteousness, to create courage that turns into actions. Joshua 23, 6 says, Therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. It was written for us to be courageous and to follow after. It was written so that we could hear it, we could see it, we could speak it, because the written word is powerful. It says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word has you covered. The Word is powerful. So powerful. The Word. There's something special about the Word being written. Jesus referenced it. Chris talked about this on Wednesday when Satan came. Jesus said to him, It is written. It is written. When it's written, you have proof. I want to give you a proof of something. I made a grocery list for Jonathan. Right here. John, John. He's John, John on my phone. And I, I, I made a grocery list because he was so sweet to go. And you can see some of those items that was on our list. Now, if he came home without that mild red enchilada sauce and it was hot enchilada sauce I would have said to him why did you buy hot I told you mild and if he said no I didn't I'd have proof that it says mild I can show him where it says it right here you can't tell me that that doesn't say mild you can't try to convince me that I'm wrong. I can confidently tell you, I don't care what you say, I'm right. And because you think you're right and I'm wrong, I'm going to prove it to you right here because it is it is written. It is written. And if you don't know what Chipotle with adobe sauce is, Google it. If you don't understand what's written, dig a little deeper so you can find out what it is. Because it is written, and it's written with purpose. I should have put on here what I was making. I was making cauliflower tacos. And I needed that, so if he wanted to skip over that, I would have been mad. I would have been mad because it was imperative for me to have that ingredient to do what I was going to do. It is imperative for you to have the written word. And if you don't understand it, don't skip over it. Google it. Because we need the word. Because it's crucial, because it's essential, because it's key, because it's paramount in our lives. The written word. And guess what else? There's another book besides the Word of God, and it's called the Book of Life. And it says if you believe, your name will be in the Book of Life. And guess what that gives you access to? Heaven, to the Kingdom of God. You see, it's so important that we understand the written Word is crucial for us so that our names can be in the book of life and we can have an eternity with the king of kings. W, written word. O, the written word will make you an overcomer. Overcomer. We need the word to be an overcomer. See, we're setting ourselves up for failure if we think that there's a better way. What does the Word say? When you're facing circumstances and you need to be an overcomer, what does the written Word say about me being an overcomer? What does it say about my circumstance? What does it say about this issue? Because the written Word is the authority. And because it is the authority, it makes us an overcomer when we follow it. When we choose to walk in the Word... And we're overcomers. First John 4, 4. It says, you are of God, little children. And you might go, okay, he was talking to little bitty kids. No, he's talking to you. You are a child of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, the opposition. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We are overcomers as children of God, because He who is in us, and how is He in us? We have the Word in us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if we've got the written Word in us, we have God in us, and that makes us an overcomer over them, over the demonic forces, over the enemy. Because he who is in me is greater than what I stand before, greater than what's coming against me. 1 John 5, 3 and 5 says it this way, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. How do we get his commandments from the word? And his commandments are not burdensome. It's not horrible to have to follow the word of God. It's not terrible. It's not, oh, this is the worst thing ever. No, they're not burdensome. Why? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I've been born of God. My old life was laid down and I accepted a new life in Christ and therefore I'm an overcomer. And this is the victory. Somebody say victory. Victory. That has overcome the world because he overcame the world. Now I'm born of him so I can overcome the world. Our faith. See, the only way that you're born of God is to believe in him. To have faith in the gospel message. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God? Do you believe this morning? If you believe this morning, you are an overcomer. When we love God, we keep his written word. Our faith is our victory because we get it. We understand it that it is through him we are an overcomer. See, the world believes that it's through their good works, it's through their great messages, through their self-talks, through chants, through whatever. That's how I made it. That's how I did this. That's how I overcame. But we are not of this world. We give God the credit. We lift him up, and we understand that through him we are the overcomers. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. He'll try to tell you you're not an overcomer, but you are an overcomer. You're an overcomer because of the word. Because it gives you strength. Because it gives you wisdom. Because it gives you guidance. Because it gives you encouragement. Because it gives you the promises that you need to stand on. See, because I have the word, I have a promise. Because I have that promise, I can stand on it. Because I know my God is truth. I know he's faithful. I know he's good. And if you have that, you can be an overcomer in your mind. Be optimistic. Change your negative thought process. This is what 1 Corinthians says. It says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be movable. Be steadfast. Understand that what you're doing has purpose. So how do you see yourself this morning? Do you see yourself as defeated, or do you see yourself as victorious? Do you recognize who you are? I was at a conference earlier in the week. We had a one-day thing that we had to drive to, and this guy was sharing, and There was something he said, I don't even know what he said that made me think of this, but I was all of a sudden, I know it was just the Holy Spirit dropping in my spirit, personal to me. So I got my phone out and I wrote it down really quick. And what I simply wrote is I am more powerful when I am positive. I am more powerful when I am positive because... I can go back today, I can get home and I can replay this message and I'll tell you all the times I said um too many times and I'll tell you that I thought I looked too big and I'll tell you that my, I had a hair sticking out and wish somebody would have told me and I, I, can, I can downgrade, downsize, tear myself upside and down. Tell you that I could have preached it better this way or I should have used this prop or I should have done that. I can beat myself up and minimalize myself to nothing. But I am more powerful when I'm positive. Praise God he gave me a word to share. Praise God he, you know, he created me fearfully and wonderfully. I'm not made to look like somebody else. I'm not made to talk like somebody else. I don't have to have the title of this person or that person. I am who God created me to be. And let me tell you, no one wants to follow a losing team. So if you're sitting at yourself like, I'm no good, I'm nothing. No, Yeah, nobody wants to follow that. But you are more powerful when you're positive because when you believe in yourself because of who you know you are, because the written word tells you who you are, I am a daughter of the Most High. Come follow who I serve. (laughs) Versus, well, you know, I think God loves me today and I'm trying my best. All right, well, I don't want to follow somebody who's just trying their best. I want to follow somebody who I know is confident and the God they serve. Amen? We are overcomers. Here's the R for you. Radical righteousness. I just like saying that. Radical righteousness. The word will lead you to be radically righteous. Used to be a song when Jonathan and I were teenagers that um, the missions organization that we went to would sing. It was called Sold Out and Radical. And um, and I remember loving to sing that song. I want to be radical for Jesus, but I want to be radically righteous. Psalms one thirty nine twenty three says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart; try me, and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting." That is a powerful thing to say to the Lord. See, the word teaches and corrects, and it leads us to a place of righteousness where we can say, search me, God. Know my heart. What that word heart there means, know my will. Know what I desire. Try me. In other words, examine me. Know my anxieties. word there means thoughts, know my thoughts. You know what I'm thinking, you know what I want to do, and you know why I want to do it. It's the stripped-down version of me. I hold nothing back. You know everything, and here I am. That's what this is. It's God you know. You know everything now because I'm asking you to search what my motives are and what my will is and what my thoughts are. Search me, O God, and if there's any way in me that's wicked, if there's anything about my thoughts, anything about my plans, anything about all of that that's wrong, that's wicked, that doesn't line up to you, then lead me to the right way. Lead me to the right place. And he will take you and your righteousness, your heart, your thoughts, and he'll lead you, because of that prayer, to radical places. You don't pray this and not get radical. But because of your righteousness, you're going to do some radical things. See, some people don't want to be led to radical places. They want Christianity packaged really pretty. So when God's moving, oh, God, I don't want to ugly cry. I do not want to ugly cry. I do not want to ugly cry. So you hold back all those tears and you hold back what needs to come out because you want to be packaged real pretty. And you don't want to jump and dance foolishly like I did a couple of weeks ago. Because you're like, oh, she looked ridiculous and I would look ridiculous too. (laughs) Oh, God, I don't want to do that. I do not want to do that. wore the wrong clothes today for dancing. God, don't make me uncomfortable. I don't want to have to do anything that I don't want to do. Don't send me somewhere I don't want to go. Don't make me come face to face with that person that I don't like. I exit out that door because I know they go out that door. Don't ask me to sacrifice, like I'll do what you need me to do as long as it doesn't hurt. Here's the thing about that prayer. He doesn't force you to do anything you don't want to do. So you're like, God, don't make me, don't make me, don't make me, don't make me. He won't make you. He's a God that has given us choice. What you're doing is all your don't prayers are really just prayers of rejection to God and his will. That's what you're doing. I reject you, 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 you. oh, but I want you. I want you to make me feel good. I want you to do what I want, when I want it, how I want it, how I like it. But when you require me to be radical, don't, 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 don't. You're keeping God at a distance. And we need less don'ts and more availability. Here I am, God. Send me. Use me. And when we become available, he draws us near to him and he teaches us and he guides us and he corrects us and he encourages us. And all those things that we said the word will do, he does because he is the word. Radical, righteous believers are needed today to stand up. To do the uncomfortable. To do the things that no one else wants to do. To go places no one else wants to go. To say things no one else wants to say. To show love in ways no one else wants to show love. To do the unheard of. And the word of God is your checkpoint for all of it. It is your reference. Is it okay that I'm doing this? See, radical outside of God's word creates a bad name for Christianity. But radical within God's word creates power creates change, creates miracles. Think of all the radically righteous in God's word. Moses, let my people go. Ruth, going to the threshing floor where she did not belong to be able to put herself there to say, Boaz, will you take me? Will you redeem me? That wasn't an easy place to go. Jesus, he said, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do you not think that's a radical thing to do? I'm like, are you sure he didn't say curse those who curse you? No, he said bless those who curse you. Daniel, he stood before government. He stood up for what was right. And there were mighty men that also stood up for what was right. We see the woman with the issue of blood, the the no-name lady. We're not giving her a name. We know where's the woman with the issue of blood who shouldn't have been out but pressed through a crowd to do something radical because she had the word in her leading her to that place. Timothy was young. He was told, Don't let anybody despise you because you're young. Be radical for Jesus. Man. Paul, think of the different ones in the word of God who stood up and did great things. Last couple of weeks in my heart, i had been around in the house singing, you know, that old song um, Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. Why? Because you are the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray or say, whatever the words are. Change my heart, oh God. Because that's my desire, Lord. Change my heart. And I don't need to change from something major. You know, the other day I was sitting there and I I just had, like, I'm just irritable. (laughs) And I was like, Lord, change that. You know why I'm irritable, so help me. Help me to be an overcomer. Help me not to to use other people's things as my excuse for being irritable. I might have a right to be irritable, but you know what? Change my heart. Let me walk out my faith radically. Amen? D. D stands for defense to defeat because the word is your defense to defeat the enemy. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. It says, we are hard pressed on every side. Anybody felt that this year? Yet not crushed. We are perplexed. Anybody felt that this year? But not in despair. Persecuted. Anybody felt that way? But not forsaken. Struck down. Anybody felt like they got struck down? <laughs> but not destroyed. Does it have another one? Did I end it there? I ended it there. So we can be surrounded, but the word is our covering. He's gone before us. He stands beside us, and he's behind us. He is our rear guard. We're covered. We are covered. And that's why we're not crushed. That's why we don't have to be in despair. That's why we're not destroyed. Because he won't allow it. You're here today. And you're going to be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day until your appointed time to go home. And when it's your appointed time to go home, you're going to be in a glorious place and you won't be worried about here. And until that appointed time, you might be pressed, but you won't be crushed. You might be perplexed, but you won't be in despair. You might be persecuted, but you won't be forsaken. And you might be struck down, but you won't be destroyed. Because the word of God is our defense to defeat the enemy. To defeat the enemy with mind battles. To defeat the enemy with health issues. To defeat the enemy in relationships. Whatever it is that you need to defeat the enemy in, the word of God is your defense. It's what you go to to fight with. It is written. If God says it, it's done. I stand on the word because it is my defense. So the written word is indispensable because it empowers us to be an overcomer. It leads us to radical righteousness and it is our defense to defeat the enemy. So what now? You go home. Here's the question Have you neglected the word? Because it is necessary today that you rearrange your life. Here's what you got to do you got to dig deeper. You got to dig deeper, guys. So, what does digging deeper look like? Get you some books. (laughs) Really? I love the strong concordance. When I study God's word and I don't understand anything or, 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 or we get a scripture like, Dennis, pop that last scripture back up. So when I'm reading God's word and I read this word perplexed, well, I might look it up in the dictionary and I might go, what does perplexed mean in the Webster Dictionary? But then I'll get that concordance out and I'll take that word perplexed and I'll find out what it meant either in the Hebrew or the Greek, whether you're in the Old or the New Testament. And I'll read what it's rooted in. And then I'll begin to have a greater understanding of what that means. So that then it comes out in its greater revelation. Do you understand that you need to dig in the Word of God? That some of you know the Word, but you know it on a surface and you've never dug deep. You just know the words you memorized in Sunday school or the words you sing in a a hymnal or a song, but you've never dug in the Word. And can I tell you, it's time to get in the trenches and dig. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you just read the Facebook scripture of the day and you get into heaven. I'm not going to tell you just come to church on Sundays and that message will last you all week long. Mm -mm. I'm going to tell you that if you want to surface walk with the Lord, keep doing that. But I'm going to tell you that you're going to go through some things because how many of you in this building would raise your hand and say, I've gone through some things in my life that nearly took me out, took my breath away. And what gets you through it is the deepness of the Word of God. You gotta dig and you gotta go beyond the surface. And you know what? I don't encourage you just to read any old Christian book that's out there because just because it's labeled Christian doesn't mean it's good. But I wanna encourage you. To get deep. You know what this book is? This is an old-fashioned book right here. It's called The Tabernacle of David. And it talks all about the tabernacle. And it teaches you about, in the Old Testament, the significance of the tabernacle. You know what? I know Pastor Ross probably even had a book like this. This is Jay Rhodes. This was Jonathan's dad when he pastored in Columbus, Mississippi, probably 40 or 50 years ago now. Old book, good book. Because it teaches you, and you get to see all this amazing things. Like, wow, that's what the tabernacle was for? It wasn't just a place to put incense and God showed up. Well, this whole book tells you every little piece in that tabernacle was significant. What is this book? Jonathan, I think, stole this from his dad. We'll ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> the Eagle Christian talks all about an eagle and how that eagle relates to us. And it's amazing when you see the correlation of God's creation and God's word. Amazing. What is this book? It's called the Prophecy Knowledge Handbook. It's not somebody's like, off-the-wall idea of prophecy, it tells you this was the prophecy, this was the prediction, and this was the fulfillment, all written in the Word of God with the Scriptures to show. I just brought these three up because just random books in our office that we've used or studied in. But I want to encourage you this morning to dig deep. Whether it's studying the history, whether it's studying a topic, the other day I was reading and I thought, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start writing these things down as I see it because I know later it will be a message and it was simply all the no-names in the Bible. I love it. It's like this person, this random somebody did this, like, amazing act. And I'm like, they're a no-name. And I'm like, how many no-names in the Bible were, like, incredible, amazing people? And we need a message of the no-names. And that's what triggers my brain. And then I'm like, "Oh, let me get my phone. Let me get my my something and write this down because I know God will use it later for something. God wants you to dig deep because he wants to give you something that you're not going to use in the now, but you're going to need it for the later. Somebody's going to come knocking at your door and you're going to understand why you studied eagles. Somebody's going to come knocking at your door and you're going to understand or a circumstance is going to happen in your life and you're going to go, that's why I studied that out because now I understand. This is your weapon of warfare, the word of God and how you use it to defeat the enemy. So if you've neglected the word, it's necessary for you to rearrange your life and start digging. Are you feeling defeated? I want to remind you this morning that you are an overcomer of the word. And so what do you do now? You begin to confess it. Begin to confess, I am an overcomer. I am a child of God. Begin to confess you have purpose. God has plan with you. Begin to write it down. Begin to put it on something so that you can see it. Begin to memorize it. Memorize scripture so that you can stand and be an overcomer. Are you needing cleansing and courage because he is our source? Okay, well, let me go back to the overcomer of the word and confess it what good is a weapon if it's not ready, if it's not prepped and it's not used properly, right? So the word of God is our weapon. It's how we fight. I didn't bring a real gun this morning. I thought that might be a little controversial. Although I did preach a message in Texas with a gun one time. Anyways, um, that was Texas. Um, (laughs) So here we go. We all know what this is, right? It's a water gun. How many of you guys are ready for summertime pool time? Woo-hoo! Allie's like, Mom and Dad need to build a pool. Anyways. Um, (laughs) What good is this if it's not ready? So if I haven't put the water in here, put it back in, then when the water gun fight starts and they're pounding me with water, I'm like, hee-hee-hee. like, nothing. So you've got this, you come to church, you hear a message, the enemy comes against you and you're like, <laughs> but when you got the word of God in you, man, you're prepared, he comes up, you can be chilling and relaxing and you're like, oh no, not today, Satan, because by his stripes I am healed. Oh, no, not to say, Satan, because it says trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, and you begin to give the word of what you know because you memorized it. You prepared yourself. So now we go on to the radically righteous. You've got to be cleansed, right? And he is our source of cleaning. So then my question to you this morning is, well, we're going to, Cole said, that bag is heavy. I lost my mic. It's somewhere in there. Sorry. You might want to mute me while I... What good is this big old thing of soap if you don't use it? We have access to the greatest cleansing that was ever given. Yes. The blood that was shed was shed for you and I to cleanse us, to wash us white as... And it's right here available for you. But if you never use it, you remain in your stink. You remain in your sin. You remain unclean. And he's not going to force you. And he doesn't say, come here. Let me pump this on you. Okay, now give me your hand. Let me help you wash. He says, it's available to you. Come and use it. Come and get it. Don't feel like your sin is so great that he doesn't want to cleanse you. Because that's a lie from the enemy. His cleansing is available to us. And guess what happens when you get cleaned up? You kind of start feeling good. You kind of have the courage now. You know what? It feels good because I got rid of this. It feels good because I got that off of me. It feels good because I let that go. And now I'm clean, and now I feel like I can do something radical for the Lord the last one, worship team, you guys can come. Are you needing to fight the enemy off? Maybe that's where you're at. You need the defense to defeat the enemy. And like we said, God empowers us. And here's the thing. When I was 16 years old, I asked for this. I probably knew I wasn't getting a car. <laughs> losing my mic again. I apologize. We had a lot of mic problems this morning. If you heard when they were singing and doing all that crazy stuff, we're trying to work on our mic issues. This is a big old Bible. (laughs) I really wanted this Bible. It was a special edition, a Hilton Sutton (laughs) special edition Bible. I love that it has the sword because this is how we fight. And my Bible went through a flood in Jonathan's mom and dad's basement and now it has mold on it and the pages are crinkly. (laughs) My mom said, happy 16th birthday. May you continue to grow up in the fullness of Jesus with all your days filled with the love and peace of God that others shall always see your price as far above rubies. Love, dad and mom. So it might be ugly now, it might be dirty now, but I would never get rid of this. The reason why I wanted this is because the way this person put this together is that there's words underlined, and under the underlined word, they give you another word that it means. So like the scripture says desolation, and then at the bottom it referenced violence because they went back and they had already studied out some of those words we talked about that you could look up in the concordance, Greek or Hebrew. And and so he kind of already did the work for you because he underlined it. And then he gives you just brief words. And I had a hunger to know more of God. And so I really wanted this Bible. And I was thrilled to get it. There have been seasons in my life that I've been so hungry and so excited and so thrilled to be in the word of God. There have been seasons in my life that I didn't pick my Bible up. and I didn't have a desire. I still loved God. I've always loved God. I loved God as long as I can ever remember. But there are seasons that I've hungered for him more than others. And even in my Seasons where I didn't hunger as much as other seasons, one thing I knew was truth. And that is that that this is life, this is powerful, and ultimately, this is how I.